So we're at the beginning of a new year, and there are some things that we need to take into consideration. I want them, if they would, to play that clip for me. Thank you. We stand at the edge of this new year. These 365 days in front of us. And instead of letting them blow by us, we look each of them in the eye. And one by one. We live them with intention. 365 days of sheer purpose. Each lived like it's the only day we've got. What if I live every day like no other day is owed to me? I'd reach out to my dad, make things right before it's too late. On my sister's birthday this year, I'd call instead of text. I would wake up in the morning and I would ask God what he wants me to do. I'd take those vacation days I still haven't used. Instead of inviting her to coffee, I'd invite her to church. Make myself get up early so I can watch cartoons with my kids. I'd give myself a break. I would take her to that park she's been wanting to go to, the one that's all the way across town. I'd say I love you, and I'd say it every day. On Thanksgiving, my table would be open to the whole neighborhood. Mother's Day would mean more than a $5 card. I'd let God have all the stuff weighing me down. I'd have more courage, because I'd have nothing to lose. I would take Jesus seriously when he asked us to feed the hungry. Serve the very least of these. Look after the sick. I'd be quicker to forgive because he forgave me. Living every moment with intention. Taking every purpose by the horns. Leaving nothing unsaid. Leaving nobody behind. Making every minute count. I would use every hour I had on this earth. To love God. To love others. One intentional day at a time. You know, none of us want to get to the end of this year and then find ourselves saying, oh, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that. And so you have to live intentionally. Everybody say intentionally. The only way that you can live intentionally is to be prepared. Would you say that with me? Prepared. You know, I, I think about how that when I was a kid and we got ready to take a trip vacation, I lived up uh, in St. Charles, Illinois, or just out of St. Charles, Illinois. And my dad, when we got ready to make a trip and we were coming to Southern Illinois to visit our grandparents, there was a whole preparation list that we went through. And I remember him and mom talking, did you, did you shut off the gas? Did you, you know, and I, I'm thinking, do we even do that anymore now? But uh, they did everything. They shut the gas off. I mean, when we came back from that vacation, buddy, you had to wait for a while to jump in the bathtub or you were going to take a cold bath because the, the hot water heater had been shut off. There, there had been no heat in the house. They shut off everything. And they were trying to make sure, you know, was this unplugged? Was that unplugged? Was everything taken care of all in preparation? How many of you like being prepared? How many of you ladies love it when all of a sudden you look outside and there's a group of your relatives that pulled up unannounced? And all of a sudden, you know, and it really makes you nervous when they've got suitcases with them. <laughs> and so you're, you're, you're not prepared for that, right? But being prepared is important. Have you ever been invited to someone's home and when you entered their house, you... There was a pleasing aroma that came waltzing in from the kitchen and just 
overwhelmed your senses and and man it, 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 all of a sudden it puts a smile on your face and there's anticipation in your heart because you know that something has been prepared or is being prepared for you how many of you remember how many of you like thanksgiving you know what i'm talking about I, i'm telling you i love debbie starts cooking you know dressing and and it's hard for me to, and we got turkey cooking, and it's hard for me to put all that stuff in the car and take it to, because we usually do it at our daughter's house, and take it to our daughter's house without wanting to taste and see that it's good. And so that's what God has encouraged us to do, to taste and see that he's good. But there's something that's been prepared. Look at your neighbor and say, something's cooking. I'm telling you that there is, God is up to something. There is something that's cooking. And I smell the aroma of it coming from God's kitchen, coming down to earth and trying to let us know that he has prepared and he is preparing something for us. In Psalms 23 and 5, David says it this way, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Everybody say prepared. How many of you have seen any of the broadcasts that we've been doing on Facebook Live? Wave your hand at me if you've ever seen them. Have you noticed all the color that I've got on? You know, I'm not, I mean, I'm, do you understand that before I'm allowed to do a broadcast, Debbie, Debbie prepares me. I, I think I'm ready to go, man. I've got on, you know, a, a pullover, you know, and, and I think I'm ready to go. She's, oh, no, 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 no. That's, and she'll start whipping out these colors. She's been, I'm telling you what, she's been having a time. We were on vacation last week and she redid her whole wardrobe. No, she really did. But she was grabbing things, you know, that, that you know, and, and the thing is, is I, you know, she and Jasmine have been doing some and I watched them getting prepared and they're excited about it. Not so much. <laughs> And I, I realized, I thought, you know what? It makes a whole difference if you're excited about what you're doing. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm excited about what I'm doing. I just, that preparation part. I could say something now, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I am. <laughs> How many of you have ever, well, if you're 50 or over, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Preparation for a colonoscopy. Wave your hand if that was enjoyable to you. No, it wasn't, was it, man? It's like, are you kidding me? And I told him the first time I went in, they, you know, they got these, like it's a five-gallon bucket they want you to drink. You know, they bring this stuff out. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not drinking it. They looked at me. They couldn't believe it. I, was, I said, I'm not drinking that. And they said, what do you mean you're not drinking? I said, look, I can get something over a counter that's about that big. I'm not drinking that. And they finally relented because I knew I didn't have to go through all that process. I could get prepared without doing all that. How many of you know that God has a process that prepares us? God has something prepared for us, but we have to receive it. And to receive it, we've got to reach out and take hold of it. Everybody look at your name and say, get a hold of it. Listen to what 
David says in Psalms 116, 12 to 13, what shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? In other words, David's saying, how in the world am I ever going to pay God back for everything that he's done for me? There's no way that you can. So this is what David says. He says, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. What's David saying? David's saying, I'm going to let God know that I appreciate what he's done for me. I'm going to let him know that I appreciate all he's done. Ladies, if you've made a big meal at Thanksgiving and everybody sits down and they just start eating and nobody compliments the food, how's that make you feel? You know, you want to hear, hey, this is good, this is great. Oh, thank you. This is good, this is great, I need this. Everybody say prepared. We were just a little underprepared. But we're, we're getting prepared. Everybody say it's coming together. In the book of Kings, it's the 17th chapter, the story unfolds and, or the history unfolds, and Elijah has told Ahab that there's not going to be any rain until he says so. Now think about this. This is going to go on for three years where there's no rain. You, we go through a spot where we go three months without rain, and man, we're chomping at the bits or four months. They didn't have rain for three years. God told Elijah, go down at the brook, Cherith, and I'm going to and I'm going to send a raven down there to feed you. So he goes down to that brook and he drinks from that brook and there's a raven that's bringing him food every day. And then the brook dries up because it's been so long without water that the brook just completely dried up. And he tells him, he said, I want you to go to Zarephath and there I've commanded a widow to sustain you. There's, there's a woman there that I've commanded to sustain you. When he gets there, but now watch this. The woman that God had commanded to sustain him couldn't sustain herself. Do you understand that God's thinking and the way that God does things is so beyond us? Wave your hand if you got that. I mean, it's so beyond us. And, and we get... We, we get kind of uh, frustrated in our finite mind trying to figure out an infinite God and God is saying I just need you to trust me I need you to know that I've got you back and I'm going to take care of this so when Elijah goes in and he sees this woman he looks at her and he calls to her and he said would you bring me a cup of water and she goes to get him a cup of water and as she's on her way he calls to her and he said oh and bring me a piece of bread too she turns around man looks at him and gives him one of those looks and she said as the lord liveth said i was gathering some sticks she said i don't have a piece of bread in my house i was gathering some sticks so i could build a fire i got a i got a handful of flour and a little bit of oil and i was going to make something for me and my son so we could die wow she had already accepted death. She was already declaring that it was over for her. And this is what I love about Elijah. Elijah does not respond and say, well, God, I thought this woman was supposed to sustain me. She ain't got nothing. That's not what he does. He knows that if God said it, he's going to bring it to pass. If God said, I prepared something for you, you can rest assured, my friend, he's got something prepared for you. So Elijah 
Elijah looked at her and he said, that's all right. You go and do what you're getting ready to do. But first, make a cake for me. You hear what I'm going to say today. When we put God first, we're never going to have a shortfall. If we put God first, he's going to show himself real to us on our behalf. Everybody say first. So she does it. She and so, well, man, I was going to die anyway. And so she just, she, she decides that I'm going to put God first. And so she prepares. Everybody say prepare. She prepares the bread just like she had intended. The only difference is instead of just doing it for herself, she does it for God. She stands on the promise of God and acts on what she's been told. And when she does that, when she prepares it for God, look what God does for her. The Lord provides for their table till the rain comes. How long is it without rain? We know it's three years. I don't know how long it had been before he got there, but the Bible said that they ate from that handful of meal and that little bit of oil for many days, many days. And a lot of, man, that could be weeks and months that they were eating from what was only going to be enough for a taste. Everybody say a taste. It wasn't going to sustain them because she had already said that my son and I are going to eat this and then we're going to die. This is all I've got. This is everything there is. How often does that happen to us that we feel like that I don't have enough? When she did what God asked her to do, God prepares or provides for their table till the rain comes. There's something that we miss in the story. Where is he at? Where's Elijah at and where's the woman at? They're in a place called Zarephath. What many people aren't aware of is that Zarephath is Jezebel's homeland. It's where Baal worship came from. They, these people worship Baal and Jezebel had brought that to Israel. What's that got to do with anything, Pastor Rick? What, what did the 23rd Psalm say, the fifth verse? He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He sent Elijah to Jezebel's hometown, and all of a sudden there, he provides for him, he provides for that woman until the rain comes. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what's surrounding you. You've got a God that's bigger than your surroundings, that's bigger than your circumstance, and that's well able to overcome. Everybody say prepared. What was lacking in her hands is more than enough in the hands of God. God gives us what we need when we learn how to use what we've got. Let me say it again. God gives us what we need when we learn how to use what we've got. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking I really want to communicate this to you today, so I thought maybe the best way I could was to you know, everybody watches the Food Channel. And so I, I thought maybe I would help you understand about preparation. So if you're going to, I'm sorry. No, there's no room. 
can you come out here and help me and I might have some room. Help me move this out just a little bit. Excuse me just a second. We're preparing the prop. Okay. So what, what happens here is in preparation you have to make sure that you're... That, that you're getting everything right. And so, you, you know, you make sure you measure out right. Well, I've got to have the right amount of flour in this, you know, to make this cake. Got to, you know, everything's precise, you know, a, a little bit of butter. Got to have a little bit of baking powder. You don't want too much. A little bit of sugar. Oh, wait a minute. Always make sure to put your stuff back. A little bit of oil. And this, oh, I almost forgot. You got to have an egg in it. A little bit of milk. And a touch of vanilla. Be careful with that one. And then after you do that, nothing's happening. See, you can have all the right ingredients. But if all you do is stare at what you got, nothing's going to happen. Paul instructed Timothy, you've got to stir up the gift that's inside of you. Jeremiah said, this is like a fire that shut up in my bones. So if you take the ingredients that God's given you, stir them up and get a little bit of Holy Ghost and fire inside of you, throw it in the oven, something good is about to happen. Everybody say it with me. Something good is about to happen. Here's, here comes the question. We get, we get all this stuff together, right? Now the question is, how much... Will you prepare? You know, some folks aren't concerned about anybody else. They're just going to do enough for their four and no more. And the truth is, that's not even enough for four. Some folks are so self-consumed that their walk with God revolves completely around them. And that's not what he wanted. As a matter of fact, when you read the book of Nehemiah, in the 8th chapter and 10th verse of Nehemiah, you find out God saying to them, he said, then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What's he saying? He's saying, look, man, don't be stingy when it comes to God. You need to whip up enough so everybody can have some. Somebody say, I want everybody to have some. You know what I don't like? When somebody eats an ice cream cone in front of you and won't even offer you a lick. 
just, oh, you can laugh if you want to, but you know what it was like when you was a kid? If we went to the ice cream, we, man, I had a best friend. I didn't have enough for him. I didn't have enough money to buy another ice cream cone. So, Paul, I just looked at him, you want to lick? When's the last time you let somebody lick your ice cream cone? When's the last time you let somebody drink from your pop bottle without wiping the top off? Not during this pandemic. What I'm getting at is this, is that God wants us to share what he's given us. There is a revival that is breaking out. You mark my word. This year, we're going to see a lot of things we've never seen before. But I want you to hear what I'm saying. In the midst of that, God is going to show up. And if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves just staring at the ingredients, trying to figure out what's going on. It's time to quit staring. And it's time to start responding and saying, here I am, God. Use me. Everybody say it with me, use me. You say, well, what are the ingredients God's given me? He's given us his love. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. And he's given us a smile. Do you know what, Debbie, I'm, I'm going to confess, okay? Debbie always tells me, see, she said, man, she said, Rick, you need to learn how to smile when you're on those broadcasts. She said, you, you, you know, you, you don't smile. I said, sure I do. I'm smiling. And she says, I know why I get on those broadcasts with you. She said, because when I'm on those broadcasts, it makes you smile. It brings out the smile. Is that important? How many of you know that a smile is powerful? No, no, I mean really powerful. Let me share a true story with you about a soldier during the Spanish-American War. He was captured, and the guards, the way they were treating him and the way they were looking at him, he knew that he, wouldn't, that he would be executed the next day. He was sure of it. He was nervous and he was frantic and he was fumbling around in his pocket trying to see if he had one last cigarette and he found, I guess he figured it don't matter now, I'm dying tomorrow anyway. He reached out and he got, he got one but he had no match and he called to the jailer and he said, he looked at him, the jailer wouldn't even look at him, despised him. And he looked at the jailer and he called to him and he said, excuse me. Do you have a light, please? Said the jailer, looked at him, the guard shrugged and walked over to where he was and struck a match. And when he struck a match and he got close to the bar to put it through to light his cigarette, inadvertently his eyes locked with the soldier's eyes. The soldier said, when his eyes locked with mine, he said, I, I smiled at him real big. He said, I don't know why. He said, maybe it was just that I was nervous. He said, but there's something about when you get that close to someone, it's hard not to smile. He said, I, I smiled at him, and then he said, I watched something happen. 
He said, I watched a spark jump from that jail cell out to that where that guard was. And all of a sudden, a smile came on his face too. He said, I know he didn't want to smile at me, but he smiled at me. And he said, then all of a sudden, something transpired. Something happened. God was preparing something. And all of a sudden, that, that soldier, that the guard doesn't step very far from the cell. And he looks at him and the soldier said, I just kept smiling at him. And all of a sudden, the guard looked at him. He said, do you have any children? He said, man, I fumbled trying to get my wallet out, and I was showing pictures of my kids. He said, yeah, and, all, and, the, and the guard grabbed his wallet and started showing pictures of his kids. And the guard said, you know what? He said, man, he said, I, 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 I'm so anxious, you know, for their future. I, I want so much for them. And all of a sudden, the soldier, tears filled his eyes, and he looked at him, and he said, I don't think I'm going to get to see my kids' future. I'm afraid I won't get to see them again. And then unexplainably, the guard took a key out of his pocket. He unlocked the cell. He took that man and he marched him through the back route of town, took him to the edge of town, and without a word, released him and walked back. You need to hear what I'm telling you, friend, that a smile can set you free. A smile can change your life, can save your life. When that smile has been prepared by the love of God, when it's prepared by the word of God, and when it's been prepared by the Spirit of God. So I want you to do something with me right now. Would you do it? Everybody just stand up. I'm going to come down here where you're at. I want you to turn. I want you to look at someone, and I want you to smile. Go ahead, work it up. I'm smiling because... I know he loves me. And I want you to know that he loves you. And that no matter what you're facing, you'll never face it alone. So you can wake up in the morning like David did and say, this is the, Lord, the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. A smile can get you out of your prison. A smile can free the captive. when that smile is prepared by the love of God, by the Word of God, and by the Spirit of God. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you. I'm asking you today to put a smile in our hearts. God, help me to smile more. God, we don't want to get at the end of this year and be thinking, I wish I'd done this or I'd done that or I'd said something to this one or that one. Help us, God, to seize each day, to take it as a gift from you and to use it so that it brings you glory. We give you praise for it and thanks for it in Jesus' name. I want you, if you would, to say this as we let you go. Would you just shout this out with me right now? I am prepared in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time.